This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. Many know the poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas, and can even recite portions of it by heart. But what's really the story behind St. Nicholas? Stay tuned to learn more about St. Nicholas, The Gift Giver, by Ned Bustard, a book from IVP Kids. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwen. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 16 through Jeremiah chapter 33. Jeremiah's Prayer of Praise and Bewilderment After I had given the copies of the deed of purchase to Baruch, son of Neriah, I prayed to the Lord, O Sovereign Lord, You did indeed make heaven and earth by your mighty power and great strength. Nothing is too hard for you. You show unfailing love to thousands, but you also punish children for the sins of their parents. You are the great and powerful God whose name is the Lord of heaven's armies. You plan great things and you do mighty deeds. You see everything people do. You reward each of them for the way they live and for the things they do. You did miracles and amazing deeds in the land of Egypt that have had lasting effect. By this means, you gained both in Israel and among humankind a renown that lasts to this day. You use your mighty power and your great strength to perform miracles and amazing deeds to bring great terror on the Egyptians. By this means, you brought your people Israel out of the land of Egypt. You kept the promise that you swore on oath to their ancestors. You gave them a land flowing with milk and honey. But when they came in and took possession of it, they did not obey you or live as you had instructed them. They did not do anything that you commanded them to do. So you brought all this disaster on them. Even now, siege ramps have been built up around the city in order to capture it. War, starvation, and disease are sure to make the city fall into the hands of the Babylonians who are attacking it. Lord, you threatened that this would happen. Now you can see that it is already taking place. The city is sure to fall into the hands of the Babylonians. Yet in spite of this, you, sovereign Lord, have said to me, buy that field with silver and have the transaction legally witnessed. The Lord answers Jeremiah's prayer. The Lord's message came to Jeremiah. I am the Lord, the God of all humankind. 
There is indeed nothing too difficult for me. Therefore I, the Lord, say, I will indeed hand this city over to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and the Babylonian army. They will capture it. The Babylonian soldiers that are attacking this city will break into it and set it on fire. They will burn it down along with the houses where people have made me angry by offering sacrifices to the god Baal and by pouring out drink offerings to other gods on their rooftops. This will happen because the people of Israel and Judah have repeatedly done what displeases me from their earliest history until now, and because they have repeatedly made me angry by the things they have done. I, the Lord, affirm it. This will happen because the people of this city have aroused my anger and my wrath since the time they built it until now. They have made me so angry that I am determined to remove it from my sight. I am determined to do so because the people of Israel and Judah have made me angry with all their wickedness. They, their kings, their officials, their priests, their prophets, and especially the people of Judah and the citizens of Jerusalem have done this wickedness. They have turned away from me instead of turning to me. I tried over and over again to instruct them, but they did not listen and respond to correction. They set up their disgusting idols in the temple that I have claimed for my own and defiled it. They built places of worship for the god Baal in the valley of Ben-Hinnom so they could sacrifice their sons and daughters to the god Melech. Such a disgusting practice was not something I commanded them to do. It never even entered my mind to command them to do such a thing. So Judah is certainly liable for punishment. You and your people are right in saying, War, starvation, and disease are sure to make this city fall into the hands of the king of Babylon. But now I, the Lord, God of Israel, have something further to say about this city. I will certainly regather my people from all the countries where I have exiled them in my anger, fury, and great wrath. I will bring them back to this place and allow them to live here in safety. They will be my people and I will be their God. I will give them a single-minded purpose to live in a way that always shows respect for me. They will want to do that for their own good and the good of the children who descend from them. I will make a lasting covenant with them that I will never stop doing good to them. I will fill their hearts and minds with respect for me so they will never again turn away from me. I will take delight in doing good to them. I will faithfully and wholeheartedly plant them firmly in the land. For I, the Lord, say, I will surely bring on these people all the good fortune that I am hereby promising them. I will be just as sure to do that as I have been in bringing all this great disaster on them. You and your people are saying that this land will become desolate, uninhabited by either people or animals. You are saying that it will be handed over to the Babylonians. But fields will again be bought in this land. Fields will again be bought with silver and deeds of purchase signed, sealed, and witnessed. This will happen in the territory of Benjamin the villages surrounding Jerusalem, the towns in Judah, the southern hill country, the foothills in southern Judah. For I will restore them to their land. I, the Lord, affirm it. Chapter 33. The Lord promises a second time to restore Israel and Judah. The Lord's message came to Jeremiah a second time while he was still confined in the courtyard of the guardhouse. I, the Lord, do these things. I, the Lord, form the plan to bring them about. I am known as the Lord. I say to you, call on me in prayer and I will answer you. I will show you great and mysterious things that you still do not know about. For I, the Lord God of Israel, have something more to say about the houses in this city and the royal buildings of Judah 
that have been torn down for defenses against the siege ramps and military incursions of the Babylonians. The defenders of the city will go out and fight with the Babylonians, but they will only fill those houses and buildings with the dead bodies of the people that I will kill in my anger and my wrath. That will happen because I have decided to turn my back on this city on account of the wicked things they have done. But I will surely heal the wounds of this city and restore it and its people to health. I will show them abundant peace and security. I will restore Judah and Israel and will rebuild them as they were in days of old. I will purify them from all the sin that they committed against me. I will forgive all their sins that they committed in rebelling against me. All the nations will hear about all the good things that I will do for them. This city will bring me fame, honor, and praise before them for the joy that I bring it. The nations will tremble in awe at all the peace and prosperity that I will provide for it. I, the Lord, say, you and your people are saying about this place. It lies in ruins. There are no people or animals in it. That is true. The towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem will soon be desolate, uninhabited either by people or by animals. But happy sounds will again be heard in these places. Once again, there will be sounds of joy and gladness and the glad celebrations of brides and grooms. Once again, people will bring their thank offerings to the temple of the Lord and will say, Give thanks to the Lord of heaven's armies, for the Lord is good and his unfailing love lasts forever. For I, the Lord, affirm that I will restore the land to what it was in the days of old. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, say, This place will indeed lie in ruins. There will be no people or animals in it. But there will again be in it, and in its towns, sheepfolds where shepherds can rest their sheep. I, the Lord, say that shepherds will once again count their sheep as they pass into the fold. They will do this in all the towns in the hill country, the foothills, the Negev, the territory of Benjamin, the villages surrounding Jerusalem, and the towns of Judah. The Lord reaffirms his covenant with David, Israel, and Levi. I, the Lord, affirm the time will certainly come when I will fulfill my gracious promise concerning the nations of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will raise up for them a righteous descendant of David. He will do what is just and right in the land. Under his rule, Judah will enjoy safety and Jerusalem will live in security. At that time, Jerusalem will be called, The Lord has provided us with justice. For I, the Lord, promise, David will never lack a successor to occupy the throne over the nation of Israel. Nor will the Levitical priests ever lack someone to stand before me and continually offer up burnt offerings, sacrifice cereal offerings, and offer the other sacrifices. The Lord's message came to Jeremiah another time. I, the Lord, make the following promise. I have made a covenant with the day and with the night that they will always come at their proper times. Only if you people could break that covenant. Could my covenant with my servant David and my covenant with the Levites ever be broken? So David will by all means always have a descendant to occupy his throne as king, and the Levites will by all means always have priests who will minister before me. I will make the children who follow one another in the line of my servant David very numerous. I will also make the Levites who minister before me very numerous. I will make them all as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sands that are on the seashore. The Lord's message came to Jeremiah another time. You have surely noticed what these people are saying, haven't you? They are saying the Lord has rejected the two families of Israel and Judah that he chose. So they have little regard that my people will ever again be a nation. 
But I, the Lord, make the following promise. I have made a covenant governing the coming of day and night. I have established the fixed laws governing heaven and earth. Just as surely as I have done this, so surely will I never reject the descendants of Jacob, nor will I ever refuse to choose one of my servant David's descendants to rule over the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Indeed, I will restore them and show mercy to them. 2 Kings chapter 25, verses 3-7 through 7. By the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine in the city was so severe, the residents had no food. The enemy broke through the city walls, and all the soldiers tried to escape. They left the city during the night. They went through the gate between the two walls, which is near the king's garden. The Babylonians were all around the city. Then they headed for the Rift Valley. But the Babylonian army chased after the king. They caught up with him in the Rift Valley plains of Jericho, and his entire army deserted him. They captured the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah, where he passed sentence on him. Zedekiah's sons were executed while Zedekiah was forced to watch. The king of Babylon then had Zedekiah's eyes put out, bound him in bronze chains, and carried him off to Babylon. New Testament reading, Acts chapter 13, verses 13 through 52. Paul and Barnabas, Episodean Antioch. Then Paul and his companions put out to sea from Paphos and came to Perga and Pamphylia. But John left them and returned to Jerusalem. Moving on from Perga, they arrived at Pisidian Antioch, and on the Sabbath day they went into the synagogue and sat down. After reading from the law and the prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent them a message, saying, Brothers, if you have any message of exhortation for the people, speak it. So Paul stood up, gestured with his hand, and said, Men of Israel, and you Gentiles who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our ancestors and made the people great during their stay as foreigners in the country of Egypt, and with uplifted arm he led them out of it. For a period of about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness. After he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave his people their land as an inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After this, he gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man from the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled 40 years. After removing him, God raised up David, their king. He testified about him. I have found David the son of Jesse, to be a man after my heart, who will accomplish everything I want him to do. From the descendants of this man, God brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, just as he promised. Before Jesus arrived, John had proclaimed a baptism for repentance to all the people of Israel. But while John was completing his mission, he said repeatedly, What do you think I am? I am not he. But look, one is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the sandals on his feet. Brothers, descendants of Abraham's family, and those Gentiles among you who fear God, the message of this salvation has been sent to us. For the people who live in Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize him, and they fulfilled the sayings of the prophets that are read every Sabbath by condemning him. Though they found no basis for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had accomplished everything that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and placed him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. 
And for many days, he appeared to those who had accompanied him from Galilee to Jerusalem. These are now his witnesses to the people. And we proclaim to you the good news about the promise to our ancestors, that this promise God has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus, as also it is written in the second Psalm. You are my son. Today I have fathered you. But regarding the fact that he has raised Jesus from the dead, never again to be in a state of decay, God has spoken in this way. I will give you the holy and trustworthy promises made to David. Therefore, he also says in another psalm, you will not permit your holy one to experience decay. For David, after he had served God's purpose in his own generation, died, was buried with his ancestors, and experienced decay. But the one whom God raised up did not experience decay. Therefore, let it be known to you, brothers, that through this one forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by this one, everyone who believes is justified from everything from which the law of Moses could not justify you. Watch out then, that what is spoken about by the prophets does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, be amazed and perish, for I am doing a work in your days, a work you would never believe, even if someone tells you. As Paul and Barnabas were going out, the people were urging them to speak about these things on the next Sabbath. When the meeting of the synagogue had broken up, many of the Jews and God-fearing proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who were speaking with them and were persuading them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city assembled together to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy, and they began to contradict what Paul was saying by reviling him. Both Paul and Barnabas replied courageously, It was necessary to speak the word of God to you first, since you rejected and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life. We are turning to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have appointed you to be a light for the Gentiles, to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they began to rejoice and praise the word of the Lord. And all who had been appointed for eternal life believed. So the word of the Lord was spreading through the entire region. But the Jews incited the God-fearing women of high social standing and the prominent men of the city, stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and threw them out of their region. So after they shook the dust off their feet in protests against them, they went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Holy and righteous and gracious God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, O Lord, that exactly what your word sets out to do, it will indeed accomplish. Not one part of your word will come back void. And we are so grateful for this, that when your word of salvation goes out to who it is intended for, who that you are drawing unto yourself, it will indeed be accomplished. We thank you for the word of salvation that you have spoken over our lives. We thank you, O God, for your holy and righteous word, which transforms us from the inside out. We thank you, O God, for your divine grace towards us, that you would put your word upon our lips, that we might communicate it out to others, that we might meditate on your law, and that we might be transformed by your word. God, we thank you for your goodness and kindness towards us. We thank you, O Lord, for many of us that salvation has come to the Gentiles. We thank you, O Lord, that, that your word has come to us, that we 
those of us who sit in places outside of the original audience and place in which these scriptures were written and spoken, O God, that we are indeed representative of the gospel going to the ends of the earth. As I read these words in the United States, I am mindful that the U.S., although it may center itself, it is indeed the ends of the earth. We represent the places in which are far-reaching, that in your kindness and in your mercy, O God, you spoke a word that has come to us. And I thank you, O God, for this. I thank you, O God, that those who are not deserving, those who were dead in sins and trespasses, those who were wayward in their actions and in their ways, O God, you have come to them with a word of salvation. Thank you, O God, that your word does not return to you void, and that if you have spoken a word of salvation over us, over each one of our lives, O God, it is indeed coming to pass. We are saved and sanctified and one day glorified in you, O God, and we thank you for this. We thank you that your word continues on to this day, going from town to town, village to village, city to city, nation to nation, continent to continent. Your truth, not nationalism, not lies. Your truth, O God, is marching on. We pray, O God, that when your truth comes to our door, that when your truth comes towards our heart, that we would be able to recognize it as truth and embrace it wholeheartedly. It would be a truth that we long for, that we love, that we communicate, that we experience, O God. We pray, O Lord, Lord, that you would help us to be discerning and aware of the lies that entice us, the mythologies that delude us. And instead, O God, we would be grateful to the truth that you bring to us. Thank you, O Lord, for the apostles, for the prophets, for the servants of the church, for the servants of the church who carried your word, and that word eventually one day came to us. For if there was not a preacher, how would we have heard of your glory and of your grace? So we thank you, O God, for those, and precious are the feet of those who carry the gospel from place to place, whether it's in their very home, to those who live with them, or whether it is the gospel being proclaimed to the nations. We thank you for each of these servants of the Most High God, and we pray, O Lord, that you would equip us to do likewise. For your name's sake, we pray. Amen and amen. Around Christmas, we spend a lot of time thinking about presents, but have you ever wondered why we give gifts? Learn about the life of St. Nicholas and discover why he became known as one of the greatest gift givers of all time. In Ned Bustard's book, St. Nicholas, the Gift Giver, told as a delightful poem, this colorfully illustrated book will be enjoyed by children and the adults who read with them. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivypress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag get in the word and hashtag Truth's Table. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. 
Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Let's go slow to the city.